My name's Julie Purvis. I'm founder and CEO of a company called B2M Solutions. The key thing here is to consider these devices are really essential to to the workers being able to do their job. So if that device stops working, they stop working. I'm Catherine Speglia, and this is Well Technically, the tech podcast where women do the explaining. Julie, thank you so much for joining me today. Yes, it's great to be here. I've I've listened to a couple of uh, of your other podcasts, and um, and they're really interesting. So I'm I'm really glad to be part of this. Thank you. Thank you. I, I appreciate that. It's definitely been a learning curve. So it's it's been fun though. It's been a fun process, and it's been amazing speaking with with all these incredible women in the industry. So since you've listened to a few of the episodes, you may know that I tend to always start the podcast off with the same question. And that question is, what is an example of a time in which being a woman empowered you? Yes. So I found that question fascinating because it made me think about what does empowerment really mean for me? Um, and um, I came to the conclusion that the key thing was the ability to be both tough and tender um, is, is probably the most important trait that I really put down to my womanhood, the thing that makes me different because I'm a woman. Um, I don't know if you uh, have heard of a lady called Maya Angelou, who was a, a great US um, poet and activist, but um, I think she coined that phase for me. She she's, she has, I have a quote from her that says, women should be tough, tender, laugh as much as possible and live long lives. And, you know, I think if we can, we can live to that, then uh, I think we're doing well. So um, uh, I think those are the things that empower me every day. But just to give you um, a, a, a real world example, um, I'm, I'm thinking back a few years here to when I was um, on the board of a company um, and um, I was the only woman on that board. And I really didn't uh, agree with some of the values that were being displayed um, on that board. Um, It was about people, of course. It was about how people were being treated. And uh, I felt that I really needed to make a stand there. Uh, And so I did. I left. Uh, I explained my reasons. And I left that company and that board. Um, And looking back on that, um, that was really, I think, the first step on my journey towards setting up B2M. And so uh, really, uh, once I'd left, a whole new path opened up for me. And and it was all, therefore, part of the journey and and I think best for for me and for everyone in the end. I really like that concept of, of tough and tender. I don't have children, but it's something... I've always shared with all my godchildren, mm-hmm. the girls. I think it's a great message to take forward. All right. In an interview with Thrive Global, you said that when beginning your tech career, you asked yourself, am I going to do this the way a man would do it? Or am I going to do this the way I would do it? What exactly did you mean by that? Well, I think that really plays back to what we've just been talking about. Um, in the in the early days of me taking board level roles, I, I was always the only woman there. Um, 
And whenever we had meetings, um, there was always a lot of testosterone in the room. Um, and it often therefore led to very heated discussions. Um, and I really had a choice at that point as to whether I was going to pursue that kind of approach, join in with the guys and, and you know, shout as loud as they did. Um, or, or if I was going to take a different approach, and I decided that's where I decided I was going to I was going to find my own way. Um, and it wasn't always easy in those early days because a lot of the measures of success at board level were very much focused on the very male biased, and so um, I needed really to find my way through that and. Um, for example, you know, I think a, a lot of the measures I saw were quick decision making was seen as a very good thing, actually standing back, taking a little bit more of a measured approach um, was was seen as negative. But I've always found that that has stood me in very good stead. Um, and and of course, now I'm CEO at B2M. I kind of have more of a, a say in the culture and we've carried that forward to the way we work here and we have it working. Very- so as you mentioned, you're the founder and CEO of your own tech company, B2M. What would you say are some things that surprised you about that journey? Well, it's been quite a long journey because I founded the company um, in 2002. So we've, we've been around a while. Um, and I'd say the first thing is something that I got um, horribly wrong when I set up the business. So um, I explained a little bit in the intro uh, about B2M, but basically, uh, if I expand on that a little bit and just give an example. So Royal Mail in the UK uses our products and every postman in the UK has our software on, on, on their devices. Um, so I could see um, when I set the company up that organizations um, who had this kind of operation, you can imagine if a postman, if his device stops working, he's got to go back to base as, as a minimum in order to be able to carry on his, with his day. And I could see, partly from my, my experience before that time, that um, organizations would really require insights to understand how devices were performing and to enable all those problems to be um, solved proactively. Because I come from an IT background where every other um, business critical service that, that businesses use, such as servers or networking or security and traditional telecom systems they all had tools in place and the expectation was like five nines uptime and it just seemed obvious to me that um, organizations would demand the same from their mobile solution Um, and of course today that's proving to be the case so um, uh, I was right but the thing I got horribly wrong was the time that that market was going to take to to develop and how long people would take to appreciate that need. Um, I thought it would take five years, and in fact, it's taken 15. So I was very lucky to have patient investors who stuck with me in those early days, but definitely um, that was a bit of a surprise and has led to some, you know, a very interesting journey. Um, Another thing I was naive about was 
the time it would take organisations like managed service providers to realise that they needed these kind of tools to give to their customers. And um, so I would often sit with the leaders of those businesses um, and they would say that they wanted to work with us um, and, and, you know, they were going to make the changes and, and want to move forward. Um, but But actually what they really wanted was just to maintain the status quo, to actually look at these kind of innovations. You have got to look at changing your organisation at every level. You've got to look at changing the um, incentive packages for your salespeople and so on and so forth. So lots of people talk about it, but actually um, I've learned that very few um, were ready to do it. And I'm a, I'm an optimistic person. Um, by, by nature. So when, you know, people would be saying, yes, we want to do this, um, I would believe them. Um, and I guess I was naive, really. I've learned a lot. I've, I, I often use the expression, I've kissed a lot of toads. And, um, and that's what I, I mean by that, really. And um, as I get a little bit older, I, I'm kissing less toads these days. I assume this need that you identified, which is to manage mobile devices, has only grown since the launch of your company. What has changed since then? Like at the very least, there have to be more mobile devices being used by employees, right? Yeah, absolutely. So there have been enormous changes. Um, as, as you say, there are many more devices and you know they cross a lot more industry sectors this day. So if you look around you today, um, and it's interesting once you, you start to think about it, you'll see devices being used by utilities, transport um, and logistics, healthcare, um, retail, parking enforcement. When you park your car and you, you pay online, the, the guy who comes around to check you've paid has got to have a mo- There's no other way he can know than to have had that information downloaded onto a mobile device. So if you look around you now, uh, you know, I think you will find so many examples of people using uh, mobile devices in this, um, in this very business critical way. Um, and, and, the organizations, they've been through the stage of getting the basic technology working. So now they're looking to really optimize their solutions. And that's where we come in. Okay. I want to talk a little bit about mobile device failures. So a survey that your company published last year revealed that over 50% of end users report they're experiencing mobile failures monthly, and those failures impact their ability to do their job. What's causing these failures? Is it a carrier or provider problem? Is it something else? Um, okay, so we've, we've done quite a lot of work in this area. There's also actually industry research, but we've done our own. Um, and there are a number of, of, of causes, but... Um, uh, the top three are uh, batteries failing. Um, so if, if the battery on the device is either um, draining too quickly, that it doesn't last a shift, that's that's one issue. Um, it, it, it can be because the, the, the batteries haven't been charged properly, or it could be um, that actually the, the battery is coming to, to the end of its life and therefore it, it drains more quickly. And we do do a lot of work with the the device manufacturers to help them look at that and their warranty programs and so on. So batteries is a big, big area. 
The cellular connections is, is number two in terms of um, priority. And the third is um, mobile applications that are, are failing, are crashing. Uh, and that actually is an area that's happening more and more because organizations are moving to more a more agile way of developing their apps. And so they typically are sending out updates very, very frequently. And of course, that does lead to the potential for more error. So again, getting on top of that quickly is really important. And we're also using artificial intelligence, machine learning to predict and even prevent all of those failures. Is there anything else from the report that you think is important to share? Yes, yes. There, there's a, there's a, a big area for us. We, we call true cost of ownership of a device. So it, it, that includes many of the hidden costs in managing a fleet of mobile devices and how these can be brought under control. So as well as the cost of the devices, the applications, the networks, and so on, we consider the soft costs, such as the amount of worker productivity loss when a device fails, um, the IT support time. So you typically will have a, a help desk and obviously they're working to resolve issues, um, uh, to diagnose and, and, and sort the problem. Um, and the time then that it takes to swap the device and replace it with a working device. So um, it's actually been um, established that these costs contribute um, up to 93% of the average total cost of ownership for, for mobility over the life. So people kind of think, you know, that you're buying these devices, they're not cheap. They focus on that as the main cost. But our experiences, if you look at the true cost of ownership, it is an order of magnitude higher. There's also another type of cost, if you will, that B2M has identified. I came across a blog post that the company published called, Is Mobile Device Failure Making Your Workers Sick? That's a bold suggestion. Can you elaborate on the issue that it was highlighting? Yes, yeah, sure. So the key thing here is to consider that these devices are really essential to, to the workers being able to do their job. So if that device stops working, they stop working. So you think if you were working on your laptop and suddenly it crashes out and you can't complete an important assignment, you know, that, that is quite a stressful situation. Um, and when, when you think then, when you take that to the situations where these, these workers are out on the road, um, they're totally dependent on, on the device to do their job. Um, and that really is what is causing and the, causing the level of stress and anxiety that leads them to take time uh, and you know sick time and, and and not be able to work. Um, we did another survey with workers in the US and UK, um, who and and these people who stated the device was critical for them to do their job, and the results showed that forty percent of those surveyed stated they have experienced stress or anxiety and 16% are taking at least one day off work because of the associated anxiety. So again, this is a, um, a, a, another soft cost that is impacting the organization and critically impacting the health of the workers. It's funny you used my laptop as an example because I had technical difficulties getting into this call and it was incredibly stressful. <laughs> and I was five <laughs> minutes late to our meeting. So there you go. I can't blame 
the technology, it was mostly my fault, but still caused stress. <laughs> yeah. No, those 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 stresses, if you're out on the road, you, you can imagine how you would feel if that happened. This is not just happening once, you know, the, the stats show this is happening month on month. And and the, the thing is, the centre of the organisation doesn't know about it because they don't have any measures. And therefore, the worker is out there going through the stress and nobody is even aware of what's happening. And that's that's the real problem that we're looking to solve. Yeah, definitely. Especially as all of these companies and employees become more and more dependent on technology and these mobile devices. Yeah. Okay. Shifting gears here quite a bit. I want to talk a bit about mobile analytics in the time of COVID. What is having, or sorry, why is having access to this information so important right now? Um, well, let, let's look at this um through different kind of sectors. So if you look at um, impacts in some areas such as um, parcel delivery, retail e-commerce, those organisations are seeing a massive increase in demand for their services and therefore the devices have got to work harder and they need more of them uh, to do the job and, and, and bring in more workers to um, keep them effective. And so there, the, the criticality is about making sure that they can get maximum efficiency out of, out of those devices. Um, in other sectors, so we also work, for example, um, in the airline industry, and we all, I think, know that they are having a very tough time. Now, as you might imagine, their focus is very much on cost saving. And again, we can we can really help them uh, with that as well, um, managing the assets and so on. So, so we're seeing it's, it's, it's very dynamic as we look across the markets we serve to see the kind of issues that organisations are having. And also one interesting fact that um, uh, I, I, I've seen very recently is that um, some, some announcements from UPS, for example, who are seeing massive increase in demand, but also a reduction in their margins because um, the, the, the way in which they're delivering has extended their cost base. And so, again, very, very interesting dynamics in these markets that we can really help with. So you said, which you know we all know at this point, that data usage and demand certainly went up during COVID and, you know, which is ongoing. What do you think the technology sector can take away from this current crisis around data usage that can help us handle the next one if there is a next one? Yeah, yes. So I think generally um, what we see is the volume of data is not the issue. The real issue is much more to do with the reliability of the data that's sent. So... um, my mantra is, if it can't be measured, it can't be improved. And this is the key learning that we can take from this crisis, that we have to have the right tools to allow us to measure what is happening around us so we can respond um, uh, quickly and efficiently should we ever be in this situation again. But at this stage, our, our real focus is on making sure that we can really help those organizations that need to scale and get the right information to make the right decisions. 
right, Julie. Well, that was all I had for you, but thank you so much. I, I think it's pretty awesome that you identified this need years ago, which that need is only increasing to be able to, to track and analyze all of these mobile devices, which if my coverage in the telecoms industry has taught me anything, there's only going to be more and more and more of those devices across more and more industries. So thank you so much for taking the time. No, it's, it's my pleasure. It's a very exciting area to be in and it's lovely to talk to you about it. Well, Technically is an Arden Media production. For advertising inquiries, contact Danny Miller at dmiller at ardenmedia.com. Today's show was produced and edited by me, Catherine Speglia. 